come and grab your cup, these two a coffee, just pull the tap, and away you go. Thank you very much. Hey, how you doing? Get yourself a coffee. Welcome to the Parishes of Adelaide for the third episode in the special series covering the Diocesan Assembly. I'm Michaela Howard-Jones. We are starting off bright and early on Saturday morning, the second day of the Assembly. Because we, we need to get started like now. All right. Let's rumble. The day began with a panel chaired by Pauline Connolly and featuring the voices of John Konopka, Principal of Mount Carmel College, Bianca Cotton, Pastoral Associate of Nativity Parish, Aberfoyle Park, Sister Bridget Sippet, Regional Leader of the Sisters of St Joseph's, and Father Dean Marin, Parish Priest in Mount Gambier, all representing the different perspectives of those making a difference in our Archdiocese. The final question was for Bianca. Now we're nearly there, but I just want to ask, this question, what would a miracle look like if we were to spot one either during this assembly here today or as a result of the assembly? It's a miracle we're all here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We all, I loved last night when you mentioned that we were time poor and I just, I laughed because I just thought, yes, absolutely. I'm a mother of four young children. For me to get here last night was just chaos. Mm. Um, children saying, don't go, don't leave me. And even this morning, left home before seven. Oh, you're going again all day. Mm. And I thought, yes, it's a miracle. We are all lead busy lives. And when you look around this room, I just think, wow, mm. this is incredible to be with all of you here today. And so I think it's a miracle that we're here and I hope that that's the miracle that will continue to happen, that everyone just feels so much love and we can take that forward with us. Thank you. And you've got four children at home saying, was that a miracle that just happened to us? <laughs> well, Dad's cooking pancakes. Oh, that's so a miracle. Help, that's a miracle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey! After some morning tea, everyone was eager to move into their small groups and begin the discernment. The, the diocese, and I wanted to pick what looked like to be the greatest group assembled. This was just one of 60 groups for the day that met to talk about the key topics that arose from the consultation process. This group met to discuss parish life and liturgy. To begin with, the participants had the opportunity to become acquainted before a group facilitator led them in the listening and discernment process. One of the first to speak was Robert from the Clearview Kilburn Parish. What I'm hoping from this sort of meeting is what we're talking about earlier we need as a church to get the young people back in. It's a priority as far as I'm concerned in the church. We're older, we're all practising Catholics, we attend once a week or whatever we do, we're 60 now, we're going to be 70, then we're going to be 80, and then we're going to be finished. And if we miss any opportunities to get young people involved in the church, shame on us. I hear everybody talking, how do we make the mass appealing to kids? Straight off, I think that's a mistake. We need to make the church appealing to kids. I was brought up in Scotland. We had boys' guilds, girls' guides, Soccer competitions, netball competitions, all the things that kids love to get. Mm. And it's a thing that other churches, your Baptists and whatever else tend to get, they get the kids involved in sporty things. And while they get them in a group and they're having fun, they introduce small parts. They don't hit the church 
What do you want for the mass? Let's have a choir. No, let the kids come in and have fun. We need to get kids enjoying our company as a church family. We need to be willing and able to encourage them to have fun as kids. Mm-hmm. We've got the life experience to compare things. Kids don't have anything. They see the Bible as a story. And all the media says, it is a story. We believe more than that. We're competing against telephones, mobiles, computers, everything that gives all the wrong messages to kids. And we somehow expect to get the kids in for an hour a week and install a faith in them. We are fighting a losing battle. We need to get kids to enjoy being part of the church. And we need, as older ones, to stop being so stoic and say, oh, when I was a kid. (laughs) When I was a kid, it was like this. And you would respect me. I mean, when I was a kid, I used to, every time I'd see a priest, I had to salute him. Stand to attention, basically stop walking and salute in the playground at schools and whatever else. These days have changed. We need to stop saying, when I was a kid, and say, okay, nowadays they've got computers, they've got mobile phones, they do things I don't like. But when I was a kid, I was doing things my mum and dad didn't like. <laughs> but as you get older, you sort of ignore that fact that we need to see the world through the kids' eyes. And teach them at kids' levels. Every time I hear and people is, let's make the liturgy more appealing. You cannot. You've got to be appealing as a church body to get them in through the door. Mm. And that means soccer clubs, footy clubs, cricket, netball, basketball, parish sausage sizzles, Mm. throwing water balloons and you know, dunking a priest in a pool of water. Whatever makes kids laugh. (laughs) We need to make kids laugh. Kids need to be thinking that religion, our faith, is a fun faith. There's plenty of time for kids to be serious and we can get to that, but you cannot jump in immediately and say to kids, we've got a great liturgy for you. Mm -hmm. The kid's just going to look at you. We need to get modernised. Be respectful of where we are and the kids need to learn respect. But slowly, Mm. let's not rush it. Our faith has been around for a fair long time. It's going through a sticky time. I believe we can go over it, but we need to change as a church body, as individuals and as groups. Mm-hmm. We need to make the church a fun place. We need to make the liturgy, and I think the liturgy has improved. I think priests are much more relaxed. I remember the old Irish priests. <laughs> they were so stoic, and you will listen. And if you don't listen to me, hellfire and brimstone was the sermons. That's changed. I'm more appealing liturgy. Mm-hmm. I think we've we've gone far enough, we don't need to bend anymore in liturgy. Yeah, we need to make the Mass appealing and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. But you can see the number of kids are there. When it gets to being teenagers, that drops mm-hmm. significantly. Now, of course, when you gather 10 to 15 people from across the Archdiocese into a room to talk about some of the biggest concerns that the church is facing and how we can solve them, not everyone is going to agree. But the small groups were a safe space to debate, where the participants could share their opinions and listen to others to find consensus on strategies moving forward. Another participant from this group was Charlie Border, pastoral coordinator at Blackwood Parish. I think... I'm coming from a very different perspective. I'm 20 and I'm newly married to a 22-year-old and I have 
a large family. So I've got eight younger siblings. So I've, I see my experience of faith at 20, my husband's at 22, all the way down to my youngest at one. Obviously, he's not quite there yet. But, you know, I see all the different um, ages there. And I think that the beauty of the liturgy and of the faith it really it resonates with all of us at all of our different ages. Um, my husband came from a Baptist church and he is now a confirmed Catholic and he came from the church where they're trying to make everything fun and they've got the youth group going and they've got the you know concert-like music and it's it's appealing to a younger audience. But I think when we try so hard to make it fun... The fact is that young people have so many fun things already. They've got sport, they've got, which is where you're saying, like including sport clubs um, could be a good thing. Um, because they've got all those things outside anyway, they're going to choose that over coming to church. So I think, Derek, when you were speaking about how your priest is educating you in the faith um, and how that's brought your faith to life, that, to me, when I was able to actually look into the faith and learn it for myself that's when it came to life for me as well so I feel that when we're talking about this I feel like it's all really summed up in how do we empower and teach the faithful so the church the young people to live out their baptism and their faith as disciples of Jesus how can we actually share the reality and the beauty of the the mass and the liturgy so that it not only looks appealing in the sense that it not just that it's fun but it just that it's so important that they don't want to miss it this is nicole coot principal from mary mckillop memorial school in panola yeah. <laughs> what everyone has brought their own stories here and it's very contextual. So, sorry, I can't. Paul, Paul yeah. I, you know, what you were saying about um, the York Peninsula and, you know, not having those families, you know, they are baptised, but they're not coming to Mass, except that's very contextual in that space. And in the country, I totally agree with you. You know, families are coming through. We have a really, like Father Michael, um, you know, we have a really strong connection um, between school and parish in school time, which is not how, you know, it's not bringing our families. And that comes back, I think, to our parents. So, you know, someone down here was talking about, um, you know, the sporting clubs, etc. We have the sporting clubs. No one's gonna leave Panola Eagles to play for a Catholic sporting club because we've only got four, four kids who could make the football team, you know? So because our town is so small, we only have 86 children at our school. And out of that, you know, how many would be practicing Catholics about? you know, probably five or six families. So it's very contextual. I think we all are grappling with the same um, issues, or not issues, but the same wish and hopes and dreams for our communities. But, you know, they're also very different. And how do we reach out, yeah. you know, how do we reach out to them in our own context and make it life-giving? And, you know, what you were saying, Charlie, I was listening to you speak and thinking, oh, what a beautiful person you are. So, you know, and it's so wonderful to hear a young person, um, you know, really expressing that connection to your faith through liturgy. Um, You know, I find that very unique. But it's the parents, it's not the children, it's the parents um, of that age group. 
towards the end of their time together, the participants all came together, keeping in mind everything that they'd heard from one another and forwarded five recommendations for change, nominating who they believe will be responsible for upholding that change. I'll just read it back. Yeah. Development of a framework that speaks to people at various levels, teaching them about authentic Catholic faith in their own context as an authentic individual within a wider community. Now, I know it's a slightly airy-fairy, but it, we've got to have well, some it's not, because you've because got to develop yeah. a framework. Yes. So that, there and it is, your first recommendation yeah. is right. develop you know a framework. What, what Together, as a group, they would make small changes, tweaking the wording, adding important details, until the recommendation reflects, in their eyes, the needs and wants of the church. I the age as well, because I feel like it often gets grouped to young adults yeah. or yeah. You know, yeah. the sacraments yeah. program. But the fact is there are parents like yeah. 30, 40 year olds, I don't all the ages, yeah, but it doesn't it's seem it's like there's a lot of people. 60 year olds, don't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. It's it's accessible to all. Yeah. Accessible to all. Don't yeah. assume we know. Develop a framework that speaks to people within now I've got various, but perhaps it does need to be all context. Yeah, all context. All context. Develop a framework that speaks to all people within all context, providing lifelong learning about about authentic Catholic faith in their uh, no in in. Mm. Just stop it there. Yeah. 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 Sharp. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've we've loads of words that speak to to uh, people within all contexts, providing lifelong faith education, you know, lifelong education about an authentic Catholic faith. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Well, I hope you've had a filling, a full day. I feel like I'm uh, brimming over, my cup is overflowing, and I'm, I'm just, I've had some wonderful feedback from people about your groups, your discussion groups. So what happens next? We're gonna talk about what happens between now and Thursday. From there, Peter directed the participants to all of the suggestions that had come from the discussions, which by then had been blue-tacked all around the walls of Cal Hall. Each person was to go around and have a read of each and put a dot sticker next to the recommendations that they felt best reflected their own desires for the directions in which the church in the Archdiocese of Adelaide should head. In the end, the room was covered with dotted sheets of A3 paper, clearly highlighting those areas that captured the imagination and optimism of the diocesan assembly. These recommendations are just the next step in the process. Our team uh, is going to take these recommendations, we're going to synthesize them because there are a lot of overlaps. Uh, We'll be able to retain the original thoughts, but also pull out the things that are, you know, kind of rising to the surface. And those are the kinds of things that we will be uh, presenting and bringing forth on Thursday night. But the other thing that's really important is what each of us does with this information. Because as we go from here, each of us is taking the diocesan assembly with us. We're taking our experience of the assembly with us. And hopefully, you're contemplating on that experience, thinking about what brought me peace, what brought me joy, what raised tension, fear, or anxiety in me, and why. So this, this is our continuing work. We're just in one step of it, but we continue uh, to, to discern, but when to move into action. 
But in order to move into action, we have to make some choices. We have to make some decisions. And so that is what we're going to be talking about on Thursday night. Thank you for joining me today. For more on the Diocesan Assembly, subscribe to the Parishes of Adelaide podcast to hear all of the on the ground action and more incredible behind the scenes interviews. Next episode, the Thursday session and more. This podcast is a part of the Parishes of Adelaide podcast and was produced by James Meston and me, Michaela Howard-Jones for ArchD Radio and Podcasting. We'll be back very soon with the next installment from the Diocesan Assembly. See you then. Okay.